hearts, we do thank you for the love that you have shown to us on the cross. Your love did not end there. You have risen from the grave so that we too might experience the power of your resurrection. We too can live victorious life in you. And so we thank you, Jesus. May we never forget. May we never forget the fact that you love us and that we will live our lives for the sake of your name and to spread that love. And we thank you as we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, welcome to Mosaic Church. And this is our second weekend here at the Victory Bar. Semi home, and um, this is a series called "This Is Your House." This is your house. Um, I first, well, the reason why I titled this "This Is Your House" is I was listening to this this preacher, and um, this preacher, she's a female preacher, one of the best in the world. Um, she kept saying, "You know, in this house you will grow. In this house you you have been planted." And I was like, "Wow, that's a great sermon. I mean, sermon series title. This is your house." This is your house. You belong to God's house. And that is why we have titled this series, This is Your House. And in the next four Sundays, including today, we want our church to learn what God wants for us to be as His house in this city. As His house in this city. Last week, we talked about spiritual homelessness. Who among you here were here last week? Come on, show of hands. A lot of you were here last week. Praise the Lord. Last week, we talked about spiritual homelessness and how that is a common problem, the biggest problem in North America today, and not just in North America, around the world. Homelessness, spiritual homelessness. The number of spiritually homeless people far exceeds the number of physically homeless individuals. Did you know that? I mentioned last week that in New York City there are 65,000 homeless men, women, and children. Physically homeless. Did you know there are more than 10 million spiritually homeless people in New York City. That's even greater. And here in this city of Lloydminster, I was having a conversation with one of the pastors here in this town, and he said, give or take, Lloydminster population is about 33 to 36,000 people. And the combined attendance of churches here in this city is just about 3,000. How many churchless, homeless people do we have here in Lloydminster? Given that math, it is a huge problem here in North America. And we are called to bring people to Jesus, those of us who have been planted in His house, to help these people around us who are churchless, homeless, to plug them in, to get to know Jesus, and be a part of the family. I'm not talking about just inviting people who are already plugged in. If you belong to a church already, you're not the, the vision that God has given us. Plug yourself into your local church and grow there. But if you're here from visiting, I know we have a group of people visiting from a different church. Give us a wave. And they're welcome. But they're not, they're not our goal to reach, right? Because they already planted in their church. There are thousands of people here in Lloydminster who have yet to know who Jesus is, who have yet to be planted in a house. And that's the goal. We want to be a church that invites people to come to know Jesus. Can I hear an amen from God's people? Amen. amen. That is our goal. And for the next few weeks, like I said, you will find that I will keep repeating myself. 
I will be repeating myself. I'll be repeating. Oh, okay, that's enough. Um, I'll be repeating phrases and principles and and ideas. You see, we will be reading from John chapter 15, and if you have read, if you have read the the, the, the chapter, John chapter 15, you will realize that God, God has this special word repeated in that chapter over and over. Jesus himself spoke those words and he repeated them. And the word is remain. Turn your Bible to John chapter 15 and we will, we will explore that once again. And like I said, I will keep repeating myself because in this chapter Jesus kept repeating himself, saying the same thing over and over and over because there is power in repetition. Say that with me. There is power in repetition. There is power in repetition. There is power in routine. The best way to memorize a poem is by reading it and reading it and reading it over and over again, right? And sometimes you would repeat phrases in order for you to memorize that poem, right? In the Bible, whenever you see a principle or a thought repeated, that means it's an important thought. It's an important principle or a lesson. And so when we see here, what we see here, Jesus saying, Repeating the word remain, that means it's very important to him. Now, this morning, we will be talking about the power of plugging in and repeating and remaining and enjoying and engaging in a routine. Say that with me. Routine. Routine. Last Sunday, I told you you have to work it in order for it to work. And this morning, the sermon title is, No Roots, No Fruit. No Roots, No Fruit. You see... You can't work anything out if you have nothing to work with. And so our main gospel reading in John chapter 15 verse 25 tells us that you cannot do anything apart from Jesus. There's got to be a way for you to connect first in order for you to remain. John chapter 15 verses 1 to 5. Open your Bibles there. I'm going to re be reading from the New International Version. Verse 1 says, I am the vine, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch joined to me that does not bear fruit. But every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Here's the first, remain. Remain in me, just as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. In the same way, you can't bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you read that for me, please. Remain in me, and I in you, you will bear a lot of fruit. You can't do anything without me. See that? In the words, in the five verses that we just read, Jesus repeated the word remain five times. You can see there the emphasis that Jesus is putting on. Remain. Remain, remain, remain. I'm not sure if you notice that. But if you read through that whole chapter and count the words remain, you will find more. Because it is important for us to remain in Jesus. That's just the most basic teaching that he's trying to convey. Remain. Why? Because Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 5 we cannot do anything apart from him we cannot do anything apart from him and there's another chapter in scripture or of, of like a group of verses that I'd like for us to read and it's in Colossians chapter 2 turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 2 
And we will be reading from verses 6 to 8. Colossians 2, 6 to 8. And this is what it says. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental forces, elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. What we find here in these verses we just read are four qualities of a disciple who remains. First is, a disciple who remains is rooted. Is rooted. Second, a disciple who remains gets built up. Third, gets strengthened. And number four, a disciple who remains in Jesus overflows with thankfulness, overflows with an attitude of worship. Remaining in Christ is developed by these four qualities. So what's so good about these verses? It reflects the, the goodness of God, His grace that is at work in us. It shows us that you are not alone in this. God is at work in you. And to be connected to the vine is His deal. It is His work. But to be fruitful branches, we need to cooperate to what He is doing in our lives. We need to respond. And what we, what we want to do is just to keep following what Jesus wants to do in us so that He can work through us. And that happens when we remain. Like I said, you need to work it in order for it to work. Work it. Tell that to your seat, mate. Work it. Work it. Work it. Now let's talk about these qualities for a bit. Qualities that we just read about. First is being rooted. What does it mean to be rooted in Christ? To be rooted in Christ is to, to give your life to Jesus in faith. And when you do that, when you connect your, yourself to Jesus in faith, you begin an organic union with Jesus. A living union with God. Your faith causes um, you to be planted in Him. And when you get planted in Him, you, you take in all the nutrients that Jesus is offering you. You take in all the power that He wants for you to experience. You live a resurrection life. Who wants a resurrection life? A powerful life. We want that. We want that. And so my challenge to you is just be rooted. If you haven't been rooted in Christ, receive Him as your Lord and Savior. Second quality, built up and strengthened. Those are two qualities put together. Why? Because they both describe an ongoing process. The steady growth of our spiritual structure. But also it allows us to take in nourishment from Jesus. Number four is overflowing with thankfulness. You see, thankfulness directs our thoughts and our attention to God and what He has done and He is doing. When you are overflowing with thankfulness and when you know that your energy, your power comes from Jesus, you direct all your praise to Him. Why? Because you realize that everything you have is a gift from Jesus. Amen? Amen. Everything that you have is a gift from Jesus. And you overflow with thankfulness. You overflow with worship. We see ourselves in the middle of God's action. We see ourselves participating in what God is doing. And when that happens, you overflow with worship. We just praise Him for what He is doing. We don't take glory for ourselves. We don't take glory for ourselves. But quite frankly, here's the problem. A lot of people miss out on what God is doing because they uproot themselves too often. The title of this message, No Roots, No Fruit. Like I said, in the conversation I had with one of the pastors here in this church, he pointed out a really 
problematic attitude regarding church life amongst the people here in this city and, frankly, all over North America. He said the problem with Christians here is that they have a very strong consumer mentality. Very strong consumer mentality. They take their consumer attitude into church life. What does that mean? See, this is what it means. Well, I'm going to check out that church. If it meets my needs, if it satisfies me, if it makes me happy and it makes me laugh, if the pastor is, is an, ama an amazing comedian, I'd go to that church. Or we say, uh, I'd love to go to a church where it's, it's, they have an amazing worship team that could offer me some, some cookies and, and drinks. I'd go to that. You can see the, the consumer mentality. Consumer mentality. I would go to a church that would satisfy my needs. And you see, that is an observation by a pastor who has been born here in the city, grew up here, and he spent four years in Bible college and came back here to become pastor. This is not my observation, this is his. And that's why he said, here in this city, of the 3,000 people who, come, who go to church, who belong to a church, they just recycle members. They recycle members. That pastor said something I didn't like, that's why I moved here. And so he moved to a different church. Oh, they're doing something that I'm not agreeing with, and so I'm leaving. Go to a different church. That is uprooting. And the thing is, when you uproot yourself too often, you suffer what we call, what gardeners call, transplant shock. Say that with me. Transplant shock. What does that mean? Transplant shock is, is something that happens to a plant when you take a plant out of its environment and put it to, in a different environment. It experiences shock. It ruins part of its roots and it will have to take time for that plant to get used to the new environment. But here's the problem. Dissatisfied Christians who move from one church to another suffer from, from this without knowing it. They have no idea that they're actually suffering from transplant shock. And, and, and you know, see, they realize, they, they move from one church to another, and then when they get to that church, they realize that this is not a familiar environment. This is something that is strange to me. This is not what our church in this city used to do. And so, that is actually a reaction to the environment, and they don't know about it. So the, the, the reaction to that is this. This is a strange environment. I'm going to move away again. I'm going to look for something more familiar. And they would uproot themselves and try to plant themselves in a different congregation. And they would try to look for the same environment and they couldn't do it. You end up, and this is, this is something that I'd like for you to remember. You end up deciding not to go to church anymore. In gardening, that happens to plants. You have to give the plant that you transplant some time to be able to adapt to the new environment. But if you keep jumping from one church to another, one community to another, what happens to you is you suffer from transplant shock and you don't recover until you end up having roots that have been ruined. And what happens is, in the process, you don't bear fruit. 
So here's point number one. You can't keep uprooting yourself and expect to grow strong. That's something you need to write down. It's on my back here. You can't keep uprooting yourself and expect to grow strong. Your connectedness, your roots, your foundation determines your strength and your growth. You see, I was having coffee in New York City not too long ago, and I was at the Starbucks, and it was a crowded Starbucks, and so I was just enjoying my caramel macchiato. When this lovely looking lady walked into the, the Starbucks, and, and she was looking for a place to sit, and I offered the, the seat right beside me. Not for anything else, just because she's looking for a seat. It was a crowded <laughs> Starbucks. Anyway, I'm trying to continue here, okay? Um, so, she, Okay, sit here. And so she started flipping through the pages of a book that she was reading. She's a student of architectural history. And she said, one of the, in the conversation, in the course of our conversation, she said, one of the greatest things about New York City is the, the, the underlying rock. She's talking about the geography and the geology of the island of Manhattan. She said, underneath all these buildings and concrete, it's just solid granite. And that is the reason why we are able to build strong and tall buildings. Something that you can't do anywhere else in the world. Your roots, your foundation, your connectedness to Jesus determines your strength and your growth. And that is why Paul said in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 7. So that just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. That reminds me of another word. Remain. Continue to live in Him. Remain in Him. Rooted and built up in Him and strengthened in faith. That says that your connectedness determines your growth and your strength. And just like St. Paul, I want for you, Mosaic Church, to be rooted and built up and strengthened. Remain and bear fruit. Because that is what God's will is for us. But you will never achieve growth and strength if you keep uprooting yourself. So stop uprooting yourself. Find a church. Plug in. Grow your roots. Bear fruit. Amen. What are the fruit that's expected of the disciples of Jesus Christ? Here, here's a list. Of, not a complete list, but this is a list that I came up with in my study. First is when you, this is one of the fruits that you bear. You grow in the knowledge and your love for Jesus Christ. He becomes the priority of your life when you plug into Him. Second, you bear spiritual fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all those things you find in Galatians chapter 5. Number three, expressing love for others. You begin to love others more. Because God said, you know, my, my followers, my followers live in love. And for people who come to Christ because of you, are, are your fruit. Are there people in your life who have come to know Jesus because of you? When was the last time you shared the gospel with somebody and that somebody received Christ as Lord? Number five, we also bear fruit with our lips by giving praise to God. Number six, growing in generosity is a fruit as well. And number seven, you develop a godly legacy. Psalm 92 verses 12 to 14 says this, But God's people will flourish like palm trees and grow strong like cedars of Lebanon. For they are planted in the Lord's house. 
They are planted in the Lord's house. They flourish in the house of our God. Where do you flourish? You only flourish in the house of our God. You only flourish in the house of the Lord. Apart from the household of God, you can never achieve the fruitfulness that you want to attain for yourself. You can't. You have to be planted in the house of the Lord. And verse 14 is beautiful. Even in old age. Some of you pass this qualification. Some of you are in old age, but you still produce fruit. They will remain vital and green. Regardless of your age, if you are connected to Jesus, you will keep bearing fruit. Do you want that kind of a life? You want to be fruitful. My prayer for everyone is, is that you would experience that kind of fruitfulness. That even in your old age, people come to faith because of you. People are mentored because of you. People are blessed because of your life. Because Jesus is at work in you. That is the kind of life that I pray for everybody here at Jose. Just to see what God is doing. To, to, to know what it feels to be right in the middle of God's action. Right here in His house. That's why I call this, this is your house. If this is the house that you will choose to be a part of. And to move in, I pray that you will experience the goodness of God and that you would bear fruit. See, God is doing amazing things in this house. God is doing amazing things. Here's an exciting story on a side note. On Monday, I was in a meeting with our core team here. And um, I got a text, not a text message, but a Facebook message from our worship leader, JP. Give us a wave, JP. There he is. Um, the guy in the tube. Um, he's cold up here. Anyway, he sent me a, a message on Facebook just saying, praise God, and a picture of a screenshot of, of something. Now, this is what he sent me. Show this. What? This is a message from a girl named Nicole. She says, good day. I would like to ask if there is a, there's also a Mosaic Church here in Calgary, Alberta. Thank you so much. I really want to attend and have a discipleship group to help me with my spiritual growth. I was like, so when I got home, I looked her up. I was like, I have no mutual friends with her. How in the world did she hear about Mosaic Church? How? That's what my, boggles my mind right now. How in the world? But somehow she heard about it. Somehow she's seeing what God is doing here at our church. Maybe she's looking through Facebook pictures and seeing what God's doing. I don't know. But I did reply to her. I said, we don't have a mosaic church in Calgary yet. Amen. Amen. But our dream, our goal is for us to have churches planted all across our region. One of our dreams, one of our visions is to see God at work in every city here. And so I said, you know what? One day we might plant a church in Calgary, you might find a mosaic church there. Amen. But right now, while there isn't one, we would be glad to recommend the church for you. The point is this. How in the world did Nicole hear about mosaic church? Because God is at work. It's not about mosaic church. The bottom line is not about us. It's about the work of God. It's the work of redeeming His people. And here's the thing, people who are excited, who people who have received Jesus are just enthused by the relationship that they have with Jesus. And they talk about it. They talk about it. See, 
you decide to settle down and begin to grow your roots and engage, what happens to you is you become fruitful. No roots, no fruit. And that is point number two. You can't stay at the surface level and expect your life to be fruitful. That is a universal principle. You can't expect to stay at the surface level and be fruitful. You can apply this in many principles in, in your family, in your work life, your school, your romantic relationships, your friendships, and many more. You can't stay at the surface level and expect your life to be fruitful. There was a friend of mine who asked a girl out on a date. See, first time he saw that girl, who was also my friend, he was like, John, you need to introduce me to her, please. Have you felt that way, boys? Yeah? I feel that way sometimes. <laughs> Kill it. Anyway, I killed the feeling. Anyway, um, he said, can you introduce me to that girl? I said, sure, do that. And I did. Fortunately, I like that word, fortunately, the girl liked him back. And so I said, well, you're going to have to muster all the courage in your heart and in your life to ask her out. You see, my friend, the most awkward man I've ever known, <laughs> decided, okay, I'll do it. He said, how do I do it? How do I ask her? I said, you know what? If I do it, um, ask her what she wants to do. So he did. Hey, um, just wondering if you would like to go out with me. And the girl said, sure. He was like, oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> good. Um, so what do you want to do? That's what he asked. And the girl said, well, you know what? I like movies. And he was like, great. You know, Harry Potter is coming out this weekend. Maybe we should see them. And she said, you know what? I read the books. I love Harry Potter. Let's go into it. Let's watch the movie. They did. They did. After the movie, he gave her a ride home. And before he opened the door, he said, would you like to do this again? And she was like, sure, let's do that again. As soon as she walked into their house, she, he came back to his car and the first thing he did was to send me a text message. It was like, you know, if I would tune to what he said, I'm going, to, I'm going out with her again, or something like that. She, he, he was excited he was going to go out with her again. And so he did. So when he went out with her again, they went to watch another movie. And another movie. On their seventh date. They saw another movie, and he sent me a text message saying, John, I don't know what else to do. We have seen almost every movie in that cinema. <laughs> Help me. I said, you know what, here's On your eighth date, eighth date, invite me. <laughs> and they did. I was like, okay, it's going to be my treat. So we picked this Italian restaurant. We talked. And they began to open up. He said, well, I really am awkward. I, I don't know what else to do. I'm not that creative. And I said, you have to be creative. If you're going to date somebody, you have to be creative. Okay. And I talked to the girl. I said, do you have any suggestions on what you want to do? Tell him. He's that kind of a guy. Tell him what to do, and he'll do it. <laughs> and they both agreed. And I said, you know what, I can't believe that you're on your eighth date and you're already doing couples counseling. 
<laughs> By the way, they're married now and they have two kids. What's the point? They went below the surface. They grew their roots. They got to know each other. You can't expect to have a fruitful life if you stay at the surface level. And that is even true in church life. You can't be an attendee for the rest of your life and expect to grow in, in, in your relationship with God and, and in fruitfulness. You can't. You must engage. Dig deep, be strong, bear fruit. Matthew chapter 13, verses 3 to 6 says this. Jesus told the story. A farmer went out to plant seeds. As he scattered them across the field, his, some seeds fell on a path. And the birds came and ate them. Number five, other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they did not have deep roots, they, read that for me, you and I need deep roots if you and I want lives that are fruitful. In order for this to work, we need to grow roots deep. Stop uprooting yourself. Find a community where you can plant yourself in, regardless of its imperfections. Don't just be a church attendee. Get to know people. Make worship a priority and a regular activity in your life. Engage in conversations and activities. Start serving. There are many ways to serve here at Mosaic Church. You see, stuff that you see here on the stage and outside, are done by people who come at 8 in the morning to set things up. You can help, it, help out in that area. You can help out in a children's ministry. You can help out in, in the men's shelter. Many, many opportunities for you. Just start yourself. Start plugging yourself in. That's the most important thing for you now. You can't stay at a certain level and expect to have a free for life. You must learn to trust. I know going and coming to a church for the first time is a shock. That's transplant shock. But give yourself some time to recover from the shock and eventually get to know the people around you. Engage, trust, make friends, join a deep group. Eventually let others know how important Jesus is to you. Invite people to your church. Develop the discipline of having a regular prayer and Bible reading time. Grow in love with Jesus and His church. You need to work it in order for it to work. And when you do these things, I assure you, and this is not an empty promise, if you plug yourself in, if you take in the sap, the nutrients that Jesus wants to provide for you, I assure you, you will begin to see God at work in your life. You will be fruitful. Which leads me to my final point. You can't get the results you want unless you embrace the routine you need. You can't get the results you want unless you embrace the routine you need. A lot of us hate routine. Why? Because it's boring. It gets boring, right? Routine gets boring. You know, hipsters would say, I don't want to do that because it's too mainstream. Remember what I said last week, fruitfulness is a natural consequence to faithfulness. You can't expect to be fruitful if you are not faithful. 
For the most part, it's faithfulness to the routines that would help you yield the fruit that you want to see in your life. In short, don't quit. Commit. Say that to your neighbor. Don't quit. Commit. Don't quit. Commit. Just, just, if you are going to, if you want to see the Lord at work in your life, if you want a fruitful discipleship life, you will have to commit to the routines that the Bible tells us to do. You see, coming to church can be pain, right? You have to wake up in the morning, you have to shower. Some people don't shower when they come to church, but that's all right. Um, you have to shower, you brush your teeth, you have to come early, you have to drive, you know? And you stay here and you sing a song or two, and then you listen to a sermon, and then you go home and maybe you have lunch. It becomes a routine and it becomes boring. It, it does get better. My encouragement to you is this. Regardless of how you feel about coming to church, regardless of how you feel about reading the Bible and praying and, and sharing the gospel or inviting your friend, regardless of, of the feeling that you have, keep doing it. One of the best things that I have learned as a young man and as a young pastor was to dedicate my early waking moments to Jesus. It started back when I was in seminary and my Professor said, here's my suggestion to you. No Bible, no breakfast. And that became something that I embraced. And then I joined Facebook. And so my professor said, no Bible, no Facebook. He has to be your first priority in life. And one of the best things that I've learned as a young man was this. It may have been boring at the beginning, because it was just a routinary thing. Sometimes, you know, I would be, read my Bible and find myself sleeping back again. That happens to you, to be honest. I realized, you know what? If I keep committing to this and doing this, the routine becomes the reward. Spending time with God, that was my routine. Eventually, that routine became the reward. Spending time with people might be a routine for you. Eventually, if you pour yourself into them, you would see fruit come out of them. And they would be the reward. You have to commit to the routines in order for you to go deep. You can't stay at the surface level. You don't want to not embrace the routine. You can't go to the gym, this is my example for you last week, you can't go to the gym for 30 minutes and expect 3 pounds to go away, right? That's my experience, believe me. I've been going to the gym for the last 6 months and look at me! Anyway, if you really want to see change in your life, you have to commit. Every day I go to the gym, I see a bunch of men. One of them is Pastor Todd's son. He's just amazingly awful guy. I'd see them and I would observe them. They would come in. Sometimes we would be doing, we'd be changing our clothes at the same time. And I would be on the treadmill for an hour and they would be moving about the gym 
doing the same, exact same routine every day. You can see it, you can tell that they have committed themselves to that routine because of how they You want results, you have to commit. Don't quit, commit. And I close with this story and I have permission to talk about this story. A couple of months ago, sometime in October, I believe, it was during our I Had a Dream My Life Would Be series. I got a, a Facebook message from a couple who comes to this church. They've been coming to our church since we started in April. And she said, Pastor John, we have a concern. Our concern is this. We are being offered something that would substantially change our economic status as a family. We are being offered jobs in this city. And, and honestly, we are tempted to, to take it because it will definitely change the way we live. It will definitely change our economic status. But at the same time, Pastor John, she said, I am torn because we have just started Mosaic. I have just given myself into this and my, my, my husband. We have been leading a discipleship group and we are seeing lives change in that discipleship group. People coming to faith. People getting baptized. And our church is, is experiencing great things and we don't want to leave. So we're torn. We are torn. What do we do? And I said, you know what, as your pastor, and I don't want to sound selfish at all, but as your pastor, I would like for you to choose the spiritual fruit instead of the financial blessing. Because the Bible tells us that when we seek first the kingdom of God and all His righteousness, all the other things that you worry about will be added unto you. You will not care for anything else because He will provide for all your needs. And that's what I said to that couple. November came, December came, and sometime at the end of January, December, I, I went to the States and, and I came back here in the middle of January and, and I got an invitation from this couple. They, they said, Pastor John, it's, it's my, it's our oldest daughter's birthday, will you please come and have dinner with us? And I said, sure. And over dinner, she said, Pastor John, I have good news for you. I said, what? My husband has just been promoted to manager at this company. Yeah. And I was like, what does that mean? Well, a substantial raise in the pay. And yesterday I was talking to, to her again and I said, so may I share the story with the congregation? And she said, sure, Pastor John. But I have another good news for you. I got a raise. And I said, you know why? Because you chose to seek the kingdom of God first. You plugged yourself in. And here's what boggles my mind, brothers and sisters. He got a promotion. He got a raise in the middle of an economic downturn. I'm not saying that they're God's favorite. They're not God's favorite. God is just trying to prove something in His Word to this couple. That if you choose me, if you plug yourself into me, if you take in the sap that I am going to provide for you, you will see I am faithful. Amen. I will provide for you. You will need to not worry about anything. Here's the blessing that I would like for you to receive, brothers and sisters. Plug yourself in. Commit 
yourself. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. Is that the kind of life that you want? Is that the kind of life that you want? If that is the kind of life that you want, let's stand to our feet. And let's just thank the Lord for His word. Let's just give God the glory. Praise the Jesus for what